Welcome to Leveraging Leadership, where we unpack the art of business leadership. I'm your host, Emily Sander, Chief of Staff turned Executive Leadership Coach. In this series, we dive into the role of Chief of Staff, exploring how it can be a game changer and pivotal player on your leadership team. You'll get a backstage pass and learn about the different aspects of the role and what it takes to excel in it. We'll hear from some incredible guests who have firsthand experience serving as chief of staff or collaborating with one on their team. And don't forget, the chief of staff isn't just a title or person. It represents a leadership philosophy. Leveraging leadership is all about finding your points of greatest influence and leveraging them to better serve those around you. Leveraging leadership is all about finding your points of greatest influence and leveraging them to better serve those around you. Welcome back to Leveraging Leadership. I'm your host, Emily Sander, Chief of Staff turned Executive Leadership Coach. And today's topic is how to make your CEO's life easier. Yay! When your CEO's life is easier, everyone's life is easier. It's better. So as a Chief of Staff, part of your job is to make your CEO's life or principal's life easier. And I have two specific ways I want to go through. And these are these come from conversations I've had with a whole bunch of chiefs of staff. And a recurring theme that comes out is essentially, Emily, I don't want to step on anyone's toes. Or Emily, I'm not quite sure my CEO would want me to do that. And so I'm not going to make a decision. I'm not going to move forward with that until I, until I speak with them and they tell me it's okay. The vast majority of those cases, overwhelmingly, the CEO would prefer the chief of staff to just go, to just take action, to just take care of that, to take point on that, or at least to start that. So these two things come out of those discussions. The first one is be proactive. A chief of staff has to relentlessly flex their proactivity muscle, their proactiveness muscle, just be proactive all day long. And even if you think, I'm, I'm pretty proactive, I, I take action, you can probably be even more proactive as chief of staff. So it's sometimes easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. And a lot of CEOs don't have time to give you permission for every little thing that you're doing throughout your day. They just need you to take care of it. So moving forward, taking initiative, being proactive, and like just getting that off their plate altogether is, is golden. And believe me, you'll, your boss and CEO will love you for that if you just take it off their plate. All right. So be proactive. The second point would be um, don't pepper your CEO with questions. So I have a lot of chiefs of staff who are like, Emily, I'm prepared going into this one-on-one meeting. I have my 47 questions all ready to go. And then they sit there and they proceed to Tommy gun their CEO with all these questions like <laughs> and while being prepared is good and you should be prepared and go into your meetings um, with the information you need, putting your CEO on, on the back foot, so to speak, where, you know, they might like, why are you asking me all these questions? I don't I don't know about that. I don't have all the information I need. I can't make a call on that right now. Like, why are you? Why are you asking me all of these questions? I don't know. Um, that can be that can be ineffective going into th- these conversations. Instead, what you might do is inform your CEO of things that you have taken care of or are taking care of. 
And so it might be a, let me summarize the situation that's come up and let me summarize the high-level steps me and the team are taking about that. And here are the steps we've taken so far. And here are the steps that we are going to take next. And no action necessary from you, CEO. Like, I don't need anything from you. I'm just letting you know this is going on in case you hear about this some other place or in case you can connect that dot with something else later on that you hear about in a call or meeting that I'm not in. So you're informing them. Another version of that is maybe you're making a recommendation. So maybe you haven't taken action on that scenario, but you're, you're teeing that up. So you're bringing the context, you're bringing the background information that's relevant and helpful to your CEO, and then you're making a recommendation. So here's what the situation is, and I think we should do X, Y, and Z. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And so kind of giving them something to work with. And it might be like, yep, that sounds good. That sounds good, Emily. Keep going with that. Or it might be, okay, I understand what you're you're saying there with your recommendation, but have we thought about X, Y, and Z? Oh, okay. Actually, no, that's a good point. Let's go back to the team and talk about X, Y, and Z. And the final version I'll throw out there is it might be just a case where you're not comfortable making that call or you know for sure that's not your call to make. That's for the CEO to decide on. It's still really helpful to tee all of that information up. So you can probably think through, okay, what type of background information, what type of data points is the CEO going to ask me and go get those things preemptively and literally tee it up for your CEO to swing away at and make a decision. Okay, here's the situation. Here's what we've talked about as a team. Here's some of the pros that are coming up. Here's some of the cons that are coming up. And here is the decision that we need. And so you tee it up for your CEO in that way. Instead of going in and like peppering them with questions and you haven't thought things through, having those types of conversations where you're informing them, you're making recommendations, or you're asking for input are, are more helpful and fruitful. Layered into all this is applying judgment, right? So every situation is going to be a little bit different and you're going to need to be aware of those differences and be attuned to those and apply judgment to each situation. So for example, that might be understanding the person you're talking to. Um, if, you're, if you've got a CEO who is very methodical, maybe they're risk adverse and they like things just so, you might be checking in with that CEO more often than if you have a CEO who is like, let's go, MVP, minimal viable product, just get it done, stop bothering me with the minutia, like just take care of it, go, go, go. That's a very different conversation uh, and work style for that CEO. So be aware of the person and personality that you're talking to. And by the way, those people might have different situations pop up, meaning the methodical risk adverse one might have situations where they just want you to take care of things. And conversely, the one who's like plowing through stuff at 90 miles per hour might have certain situations or certain projects they want to know every little step in detail about. So again, applying that situational leadership. You also want to be cognizant of the place and time and picking your moments with things too. So for, for example, if you're at a board meeting, let's say, and your CEO is there with all the board members who, who are the CEO's boss, that is probably not the time to start asking pointed questions that you've never asked the CEO before about something that they could have done differently. So that's probably 
not this, not the time or place to do that. Now, those questions could be very relevant and it might be helpful for you, for the CEO and the team to have answers to those questions. But the time and place for that might be a one-on-one situation or maybe a smaller group conversation um, at a later time. So picking your moments there. Another element of the right time is, is, is timing um, or phases of a project. So what I mean by that would be, let's say that you as chief of staff are rolling out a new billing and financial reporting process. Okay, so a whole bunch of teams are involved in that sales, sales operations, finance, CEO. And one of the outputs of this initiative is new financial reporting to the board. Not that board members pay any attention to financial reporting. So that's kind of a big deal, right? So it might be when you're first getting that initiative up and running, you're checking in with your CEO pretty regularly, pretty frequently, because the CEO is going to get questions from the board about how this data is being presented. What are the changes? How often are we getting it? What does this data point mean compared to the last thing we were seeing, et cetera, et cetera. So in the initial phases of that initiative, you might be checking in more often with your CEO. Now, once it's been rolled out and it's been proven for 90 days, we have an ongoing cadence, it's working for everyone, then there might be a a different phase where there's fine tuning that needs to be made or like small tweaks here and there, or some weird scenario comes up with the team members like, okay, like this is going to happen 1% of the time and it's not a big deal, but we do need to solve for it. Maybe in that phase of the project, you're just, you're just handling it. Maybe you're informing the CEO like, hey, we made this change, FYI, doesn't really impact anything major. Or maybe you're just running with that. And so the level of detail or level of or type of conversation you're having at different phases of that project changes. Sometimes you just need to ask your CEO. So a lot of people go, okay, Emily, I kind of hearing these categories and hearing these different scenarios. I'm picking up what you're laying down, but like I got this scenario and I don't know what to do. Then ask your CEO. And people often forget they have that option or they have that opportunity. But it could be, it could come up in a in a variety of ways too. So it could be kind of a formal or more official thought out conversation where you collect some examples and you bring them to a one-on-one with your leader and say, hey, you know, one thing that I think would be really helpful is to check in on um, what you want me to check in with you about. So here's some things that it seems like you want to be informed about. And here's kind of the checkpoints that you that you want me to pause um, and check in with you about. And for these other things, it seems like you just want me to rock and roll with these. So am I good to go on, on X, Y, and Z? And just get that check-in point or that checkpoint with your CEO. So you could have kind of a, a set designated one-on-one conversation, or it could be very casual, very on the fly, kind of an ad hoc situation. Like, you know, a Slack message like, hey, board deck, sent it to you. Good to go or need more follow-up? And that type of thing can uh, can just be a quick touch point, but it helps you calibrate. So if you have a whole bunch of those over time, you should be able to calibrate and dial in what your CEO is looking for. And so all of those subsequent interactions and checkpoints or decisions about where to check in or if I should check in become more efficient and become more uh, become faster and easier for you to discern. And the last thing I'd leave you with 
is you as chief of staff also have people checking in with you. And they are probably trying to figure out, okay, like you're the chief of staff. What types of things do you want to be checked in on? What types of things do you want me to just run point on? Has this changed since the last time we talked? So I would make sure you're being clear with the other team members that you're interacting with on kind of the other side of that equation and making sure that you're checking in regularly with them and you're calibrating with them and just being really transparent about what you're needing and what you think that information should look like. Um, all of this can evolve and change over time by situation or, you know, by someone's, by someone's um, experience. So it might be when you're first coming into a situation with someone, you want to check in with them about every little thing. And once they prove themselves and once they prove the process is working, okay, you can go run point on that. You don't need to check in with me for every little thing. So just having those types of conversations and having those types of things um, on your radar is helpful. All right. So for this next week, I would say, where can you be more proactive? I guarantee you there are things you can be more proactive about and your boss will love you for it. So find those opportunities. And then also make sure that you're being clear about your expectations and where you want to be informed and where you want people to just run with it on that side of things too. All right. Thanks for listening. I will catch you next week on Leveraging Leadership. Please give this episode some love by liking and sharing. It's like sprinkling digital fairy dust on the algorithms and it is scientifically proven to make unicorns smile. <laughs>